Yeah, I mean, we're filthy animals at this point, so it's like... We're only a couple days in the tour, it's not that filthy. <laughs> Hey, I'm Jamie from Party Baby, and welcome to our very own Get In The Van podcast for DIY Magazine. We're going to take you on the road with us as we travel right around the UK on our late December run of shows. This is Andrew. He's coming on the road with us, and thanks to DIY, he's now a fully-fledged interviewer or something like that. Okay, let's do this. Jamie just told me that I got a... uh... A zit or a skin blemish behind my my right ear, and he just picked a piece of hair off of my sweater to make sure that I looked good for this audio interview. Yeah, I mean we're filthy animals at this point, so it's like we're only a couple of days in the tour. It's not that filthy. You know that. I mean, it's years and years of, of years of filth. work. Yeah. It's it's in, it's an intake. It's all internal. Um, yeah. Hi there. Hello. Hey, Yes. That's actually fine. Sorry, because okay. we don't usually open this up. Oh, okay. Sorry, we, we just we we, uh, well, we, we just, just have to do it. Okay, we just no, no, that's absolutely okay. fine. Thank, Thank you so much. much. This is water in these glasses. I promise. First question: Are you guys residents? We're always getting in trouble. Definitely not a resident of this hotel in Sunderland, as much as I would like to be. So, how was today? What did you guys do? Today was lovely. Today was a good day. We had a day off, and um, we woke up in New York, mm-hmm. played a show last night at Fibbers, which was thus far the best show of the tour, I'd say. Yeah, it was right? the best show in a long time, I thought. Yeah. I had yeah. so much fun. It was really good. We needed it. Um, we woke up today and just kind of fucked around in, in New York, saw some castles, saw we some churches, saw some walls, guest shot a scene in Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> Fucked around, rode a dragon, yeah. We're out here. I bought a puppet. Yeah. I got lost for a while. It's pretty uh pretty classic stuff. Now we're in Sunderland, which is you outside of Newcastle. Uh-huh. Which is where Maddie Vant is from. Shout out to Maddie Vant. Hey hey. And the rest of Vant. And my best friends. I don't even know him yet. I mean I do a little bit, but I feel like we're becoming fast friends. We're becoming really good friends. I don't think British people are as quick to get on as we think. I think we, I think Amer- like Californian like hospitality is like running like, off hey, on them a bit. Come here. I can tell that they tense up every time I give them a hug though. You're like, it's still like we're still, I, I'm like a hugger first try. It's California, man. Yeah. Anyways, shout out to Van. Shout out. Shout um, out to my mom. Yeah, hi, mom. I talked to her on FaceTime today. I haven't talked to my mom today. Gotta do that. It was the first time I've done it in like a couple weeks, so. I was due. Anyways. How's being an American overseas right now? Um, it's, it's alternatingly um, refreshing. It's a gift. I was thinking about it today. It's a gift to be able to be outside of America right now. I mean, you know, so many people in the world, when something bad happens to the place that they live or to them, don't have the ability to go somewhere else. They have to sit through it and live with it. And um, we're really lucky to be able to be out here and to be traveling. And you know, Vant are a band that have a lot to say politically, and we've had a lot of really 
great discussion about kind of what it feels like for them post, you know, uh, Brexit, the referendum, and for us, and yeah. I don't know, what did you say? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I'd say, uh, when you say it's a gift, I agree completely, because escapism at this point, um, we're, we're... It's not going to do anything. No, I mean, yeah. but, but it's helpful. It's helpful, like, for me, emotionally, just so whoever's listening, whenever this comes out, it's, uh, we're a week past the November election in the States, the general election. So Donald Trump has just been named president-elect, um, which is terrifying in so many ways. But it's really nice. The gift, I think, is that we get perspective from an outsider's from from outside our country. Yeah, I mean, I think we, when you're raised, you're raised in America to believe that you live in the greatest place in the world, which is, um, I, I don't think that that's the case. I think it's a dangerous thing to teach children. I think, you know, more often than not, we meet people in America who don't want to travel because they don't think there's anything worth learning outside of where they live, which is, I think, part of, how you get to a place where you elect somebody as, um, frankly, racist as Donald Trump is, and I think racist. It's nice to be outside of yeah the country and just and meeting people out here and realizing that it affects the whole world, and uh, you know, we we play music as a form of release outside of you know, to release ourselves from the stuff that pains us anyway. So what better way to be doing that than this? And, you know, this is also our stage. This is how we know how to be proactive in our job. And, like, it's our... I think it's any artist's job at this point in time to, like, to use whatever medium they have, whether, you know, they're a painter, they should be painting, or if they're a writer, they should be writing, or if they're, you know, a dancer, they should be dancing. And for us, we play music, so... You know, we, it's our responsibility to be on stage talking about this stuff right now and giving the way that we feel about it to people. And I think, so, in that way, it's really nice. Now, being somebody who jumped on this thing halfway through your first year of touring, one of your big, big, big aspects of touring life is to be nice and kind and to be really just heartwarming towards everyone. I, I don't even think of it as like we're trying to be nice to people or anything. We're just like we're the, we're out playing shows every single night with one sole purpose, and that is to meet kids who like music and to play for them and hopefully change something about the way that they perceive their world or the way that they perceive themselves in it. And or, so, say, or even give them. Well, or give, of, yeah, give them ten minutes of relief or whatever. More along it is, the but, lines of you being a touring band and, and and just being just wholesome towards everyone. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think there is a a piece of what we do that is very informed by the fact that we've been touring for a really long time in other bands, and we've learned and seen so much about what to do and what not to do, and I think that you know the more people you talk to who have been doing this for a long time and who are successful at it, you realize that everyone kind of follows the same credence that you're supposed to just, you're supposed to just fucking treat everyone well. You know what I mean? Like there's, you know, there are days on tour 
where you don't want to be there, say. You know, like it's, it's, a, it's a grind. And on that day, you have to imagine that the monitor engineer doesn't really want to be there either. You know, like that guy may be having all sorts of stuff going on at home. Um, and you have to realize that it's, it's on all of us to get through it and to put on the best show we possibly can. And, and we kind of just go into every day being like these, everyone who we meet at a venue or everyone we meet for after the show for that matter is, or during or before is part of the experience of that night. And you can't get through it. You can't possibly be as the best version of yourself as you can if you're just a dick to half those people. It's like, a full karmic fucking disaster. Yeah, it's too. like, it's just, it's just, I honestly, it's just like a combination of how we were raised and how, what we've learned to do. All right, I think we should wrap this up. Yeah, we're gonna, we'll keep talking for the next five hours. We I mean, anything for the next month. We have, yeah, yeah, we have like 17 minutes, so. I wanna know if the snack machine's still open. No, no, it's, not, it's, it's not a machine, it's a room. You just go in there and get it's snacks? A, and, you, and you take them to the front desk and you say, sir, I'd like to pay for these, you need money. I got a wallet. And then you got snacks. Can we go get snacks? Yeah, yeah, I'll take you there. Let's go. You owe us a lot of content, so tell us, how is traveling up to Scotland? To Scotland? That's what we, we haven't checked in since Scotland. Um, traveling up to Scotland was good. I mean, it, touring over here during the winter time has the, you know, potential to be a bit lonely, you know, because there's like, family holidays and stuff going on. So there was, um, there was a minute there where doing, you know, we we're in Glasgow on Thanksgiving, is that right? Yeah, um, you know, that was a bit lonely. <laughs> it was like the probably height of loneliness on the tour. I mean, it's been amazing, it's beautiful. These are places that we never would have been able to go on our own. Um, or if we had, you know, we would, been playing significantly smaller shows so yeah I mean all the traveling has been amazing and it's it's really nice to kind of come back full circle into some markets that we've played before towns that we've played before and like and feel energy going into the show tonight in London this call was interesting um we uh I mean it's a it's a whole region of the world that we've never played before and uh it's not necessarily the easiest thing to adjust to a new audience in any in any market or place, I and mean, we can call them markets, but like, and let alone like a different country of people, uh, can be. It's uh, it's a, it's a real challenge. Um, so the shows were terrible because we were bad. We just didn't have our like heads on about us as far as um, they go. They were they weren't they weren't like the most crowded rooms either, but it was just we weren't we didn't really have our our selves together or as together as we like to be. We held ourselves to a pretty high standard. Um, but in the end, we learned a lot from them, um, uh, which I think is probably the most important thing when you play a show and there's forty people there. It's like yes, of course you want to like we played fine, um, and you want to you want to like make them. 
remember you or whatever, but uh, it's more important if you're just kind of like rehearsing in front of a bunch of people that you learn something about your own process and your own art that you're making. How is it, or how do you guys manage or adapt the show to deal with a smaller crowd, especially a crowd who has heard of you? Um, well, I think that's the, it's the age-old question. Is like, do you actually, should you change yourself, or should you? Um, and we've kind of gone through all sorts of different feelings and iterations on that idea. I mean, I think, I think it's in a, there's certain ways, like styles of performance, that are inappropriate when you're playing in front of fifty people. You know, I think if you, it's not probably the time to pretend that you're. You know, Bono, the biggest rock star in the world. Um, Most bands end up playing the same sets over and over and over again because you try to find what works as far as pacing is concerned. And this time we're playing two songs that we've never played before. Um, so, uh, and with a new bass player as well. So you kind of, you have to relearn, you have to throw out everything that you know about pacing before and relearn it. It's like, we know that we like to open our set with this song called I Don't Wanna Wait because it's really fast paced high energy repetitive um, beat like beating goes throughout and doesn't really let up so it's a good intro to the show um, and then uh, now we're switching it up to kind of put some easily identifiable songs more towards the beginning and, and saving other other energies for the end. You really want to just pace your energy as far as it goes, but we and we had like a three song sort of lull in the middle of the set before. Or at least it was it felt like that on stage. So now it's sort of like every three minutes you get like a new freight train kinda of coming through the door and we've taken out a lot of the sort of in between garbage speaking try to keep the pace of the show rolling as much as possible. We tried it last night and he was right. It was better. And it's like, you know, when it is, when you do it and you try it, it's pretty immediate. Like, it's pretty, you can, like, tell. Like, oh yeah, that works. You know what I mean? And I think that we, we were able to see that last night when we played in Brighton. That it just kind of worked better. Now, you had two fans come to Coventry that traveled 18 hours to come see you. How does that make you feel? Yeah. That was, I think that was the first people that we've ever met that have traveled from a different country to see us play. Um, it's crazy. It's insane. Um, I mean, obviously, it's like super humbling because it makes you realize whatever, you know, kind of personal, internal bullshit you're going through. It's like, yeah, that's all fair and well, but like these two girls, like, have been planning this for months, you know, and they're they're here, and it's about them, and it's it's just a reminder that it's always about them. And I think that when you meet people who are that invested in your music, it's like it's like being slapped in the face. You know, it's like shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> Stop whining. Go play a show. You know. Great. Um, and being out on the road, being out with. You know, arguing with four people and four different attitudes and characters. How do you manage that kind of stress being in such close proximity to these, these people all the time? I think it's all about pulling apart and then coming back together again. Uh, in the end of, at the end of the day, it's like everyone has to take care of their own sanity. Um, otherwise, the group as a whole will suffer. I think for me personally, it's important to like 
go be outside for an hour a day, like go for a run, be alone, um, and get my own sort of head right in order so that when we all come back together, I've taken care of the sort of negative aspects of myself that you dwell upon anyways before I am pushing them on anyone else. Uh, after the show in Hebden Bridge, um, uh, had like a way too much to drink and ended up getting in a pretty gnarly fist fight with our guitar player Noah. Um, and uh, in the end, like it sort of helped us work through a bunch of stuff that we were we weren't just we weren't communicating in the way that we should and that we need to all the time. Um, we also weren't taking care of those sort of core instinctual basic needs that we each need to take care of as people in order to come together and play music. Okay. Speaking of shows, um, how was Brighton last night, and what was the significance of having a good show in Brighton going into London today? <laughs> I love you so much. You're answering the question in the question. Sorry. I'm not, I'm, I'm not an interviewer. <laughs> Leave me alone, man. Um, but it was our second show in Brighton, and... The, we, it was new set, new set list, new ethos, newly, we all love each other, band members. Um, and uh, it was triumphant. It felt like uh, a new way to bring people in. By the end, of, by the, in the beginning of the set, it wasn't really sure. It's like, is this working? Difficult to really, to really tell if you're, if people are, when people are examining you if they're enjoying it or not. And we sort of led them on this journey that was like sort of a uh, bell curve and like exponential growth thing where it was like beginning people were like, well, this is loud um, and abrasive probably. And then by about halfway through, uh, you know, people are like nodding really into it, unfolding their arms a bit. And by the third to last song, we've got the whole crowd dancing and by the end, everyone's making a circle pit with me in the center of it. Um, which was really fun. I just decided to plop off the front of the stage because I'm not going to let the audience have all the fun. Um, I need a little bit of that. So uh, then we... It was, just, it was really important to us to have a really great show before this London show because this is, this is going to be the biggest show that we've ever played in London. Uh, I think it's nearly sold out. Scala right now in May very well sell out by the time the show's over tonight um, which is fantastic London is first of all the first place city that ever really showed us support with Everything's Alright being premiered on DIY um, so it's always kind of felt like this like exotic far away land that that likes that supports us and like we obviously don't take it lightly to be traveling anywhere this far away from home and playing music. It's like, we take it really seriously and we want to prove that we're worth that, you know, and like, and I think that, yeah, I, I think we're just gonna, we're excited to go try and tear it down tonight. So, <laughs> with in mind that I'm gonna ask Jamie the same question. <laughs> Have some words about Jamie. Oh man, that's like asking, you know, it's like asking a, to explain your brother. Um, no, could be very positive. No, I mean, I, I have, at the end of the day, I have nothing but positive things to say about him. 
and you know, if you zoom out the way that we've kind of been doing in this whole interview, it's like, it's that's my guy. It's like, <clears throat> he's the guy who, in a moment of uncertainty in my life and in a moment of certainty in his, we found kind of solace in each other and figured out how to move forward in life. And like, I, he's, you know, it's my forever friend because of that. And like, we, you know, we bicker like brothers and we, we fight like brothers. We care, we both care about this immensely. And, uh, you know, I think that this last year has been really trying on our relationship because we've, <clears throat> like anything, it was like, it's a lot of up and down. It's, but we, it speaks to the testament of our relationship. That being said, we were, you know, drunk a couple nights ago trying to fucking punch each other in the face. So it's like, <laughs> that's, you know, that's kind of how, how these things go. But I, I, uh, I have the utmost respect for him and his ability to, to not take things so seriously. How do you feel about not? What's your raw opinion? Oh, he's a total asshole. <laughs> no, that, um, I'm, I feel, uh, and uh, we should probably tell each other this a little bit more often, but, uh, you know, it comes out, like, after a few drinks every once in a while, when we have a really good show or a really good day in the studio or something like that, is that I feel truly, truly lucky to have uh, a partner in crime, uh, like, like Noah, who is infinitely more talented a player than I am um, and a ranger and can hear complete peaceful pieces of music in his head um, and make them happen. He's kind and uh, he has an emotional intelligence about him that is hard to come across in the modern age and he knows how to like say what he's feeling and he knows how to squash things when they're not going well and he's really opinionated. And he can be a total dick, and that's good. And you need that around you. Um, and I'm, and I can be too. And uh, he is—he's born to play music. And there, and I don't have a doubt about that in my, with a grain in my body. He tells a story all the time about how if this wasn't what we were doing, he would be a chef somewhere, which is maybe true. I mean, he's a, he's a brilliant chef, but I don't think he would ever be truly happy without a guitar in his hands or one around um, and people to perform for. Um, and he is like, he's learning so much about music and making himself a better musician still every day too like he's never sang on a microphone before a month ago when he like heard a song that moved him and spent you know two days locked in his bedroom recording demo but he, he came to the studio and was comping his vocal and kind of going through it and I showed him a couple of little tricks and I was like this is really good like this is important for you to, to know how to do all of this stuff and he has the voracious appetite for learning so that way he can make himself better because we make our own stuff we know we don't need other people's opinions or skill sets to get ourselves going sometimes it can help to finish something um, but he's obsessed with 
making this thing work and that's good I think we both would kill for it in the end um, he's also handsome a handsome little fucker and to let's end it here asking what do you hope most to come out of the show tonight um, I hope that we have 900 new fans sure. at the scout yeah who I hope that tonight after the show in London we have 900 new fans from the Scala and I know that we're going to leave this tour with some new like lifelong friends all the all the guys in Vant are truly like stand up gentlemen and really strong musicians and great songwriters and uh, so it's going to be sad to, to see them go but I have a feeling that we'll all reconnect really soon. Uh, hey guys, so let's uh, talk about the last couple shows that we've done on our headlining tour. Uh, it's been all headlines. Big time, baby. Making headlines. Taking, taking them. <laughs> and here this? starts the drunk. Yeah. Um, actually, no. Are you? So, no. Had a beer yeah. or six. Um, oh. Last couple of shows were good, man. Uh, we uh, Manchester, Leeds, Bristol, Nottingham, London. Tonight mm. will be London. We leave tomorrow. It's December seventh, twenty sixteen. Was our last show of the year, actually, mm-hmm. which is an interesting thing to think about. Um, just like what a crazy upward spiral it feels like it's kind of been mm-hmm. um, the last few shows have been uh, I think really special very intimate the other night uh, we played at the Louisiana in Bristol which was actually it was my favorite show so far for the last few months um, and uh, these shows are a bit strange because you never know who's gonna turn out because um, we they're most I mean tonight obviously we've, we've played in London before but they're mostly in places we've never been so it just kind of shows like what's working behind the scenes when you're gone and like through word of mouth and whatever. And a bunch of people turned up at the Bristol and wanted to have a good time. So we, it was the hottest stage I've been on all year, I think. Mm-hmm. So sweaty. Um, and it was, it was just beautiful to hang there. And uh, to meet people, there was like this really nice family that owns the venue who was Sicilian, like Noah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm Giovanni. Did Giovanni? Did he give you what? He gave you some sort of a, an alcohol. Lots of red wine. Lots of red wine. We drank together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, each night when we turn up and there's kids there that in, in a place we've never been, and there are people there who are singing our songs. Sometimes louder than me. It's like uh, it, it feels like a, like you're getting a bit of enlightenment every time. What are some of the biggest takeaways you guys are going to have during this tour? I don't think that we've gotten, we've grown a lot together. Um, I think we're just, we're going to be a, a much uh, stronger unit. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of like a, this is the fuel that keeps us going. Play these shows and like, playing a ton of new music and people are enjoying it so we're excited to go back and finish that yeah Yeah. we were talking earlier at the time about how 
it feels at this point like the time that we spend on this stage is the most grounded thing that we have in our lives a lot of the time. Um, and uh, it's, I just like, I love you, man. Love you, man. So happy to be here. <laughs> so, are you guys sad to go go back home, or what are you guys looking forward to? I'm not sad to go back home. Um, I'm looking forward, I mean, you know, I'm looking forward to being in my own bed. I'm looking forward to seeing my family. Um, I'm looking forward to finishing up new music so we can go back out on tour and be playing a ton of new shit. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm mainly excited about. And I'm going to miss Andrew a lot. So much. I don't know if I'm going to miss him that much. <laughs> All right. I'm going to see you soon. Don't worry, buddy. <laughs> um... I don't ever miss anybody until I'm back home, and then I miss everyone all the time. Yeah. Right. Okay. You uh, look so relaxed right now. I feel I feel relaxed. Um, what was your biggest obstacle on this tour? My own brain. Always. Self doubt and anxiety. Yeah. Straight up. <laughs> Every single day. That's full stop. This has been the Party Baby episode of Get in the Van podcast for DIY Magazine. Thanks for listening. We've been Party Baby. Be sure to subscribe and say hi to us on Twitter, at Party Baby Lives. Hey!